Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the Long Monday Podcast. I'm here with my three other co-hosts you know very well at this point, Caleb Salibi, Jason Adams, and Steve Harley. And we wanted to take a brief moment to talk about the episode that just came out, which was our audio production of The Raven. So what I want to first say here is that if you have not listened to The Raven yet, pause this one, jump over there, give it a listen, and then come back. We'll be right here waiting for you when you do it. Um, but we want to take this time just to talk about the whole project, what the process was for us, the actors we assembled and various things like that. So Jason, if you could, um, this was largely your idea. So I think that to start here, I think it'd be great for us to talk about how this project came about and your conception of it. Sure. Yeah. It was pretty much an idea that we jumped into, I think when we first started this podcast and also during, of course, the idea of the long Monday was to do more artistic productions to do, try and do shows, to create audio productions, because of course we can't be on stage. So starting it off, you know, it was sort of like this time of year, usually we were already doing a production. We would always have something in September, October for Atlantic stage. And so it was trying to find an idea of doing a show that fit. And I think uh, the first conception was actually, I thought of doing Bram Stoker's Dracula, which was like this massive project. And then it was like, I realized the more and more we were getting closer, it was only about a month. I was like, there's not going to be enough time to get this where we wanted. And then I know early on, before we even started this podcast, uh, Mike and Caleb and I were experimenting with doing like horror short stories, uh, doing some audio with that. So then the idea became, well, what if we did something short, something Gothic horror, something easy, something that people recognize. And so um, I was looking there's through classic Gothic horror plays online and looking through books I had. And so the Raven kept coming back to me. You know, it's something I've always loved. I'm a big fan of like classic horror movies and stuff. And so the Raven sort of has this classic horror vibe. And so then I thought, well, let, let me look at the Raven. So I took the Raven and I said, man, there's um, 18 separate verses in this play. I mean, in this piece. So what if we somehow assembled 18 different actors um, to put this project together, you know, get a lot of artists that are out there that aren't working people. We know people we maybe we've known in our pasts. And so I remember I pitched this idea and I think the first response I got was from you, Mike, that said, I don't know if we can get 18 actors that quick, which I mean, is a, is a viable thing. Cause we've always struggled finding actors. I think a lot of theaters around here do, but then it sort of was like challenge accepted. And then we all sort of branched out there to find our actors. And that's sort of how it began just as a pitch idea could we do it? And then I think we all kind of talked about it and agreed, said, yeah, let's try it. Let's go for it. And even if we didn't find 18 actors, we found nine, if we found 12, if we found 13, we could still make it work. I think if we had six good actors, we could still make it work. It's still one of those things. And so that was sort of the beginning. And then um, hopefully what people listen to is what sort of finalized its way out. So yeah, you did mention that we the original conception was 18. What we eventually landed on was 15 um, yeah. that between the four of us that we all reached out to, which I know early on when you had mentioned it, I really wanted to shy away from like the real consistent. I, I know for a fact, I didn't want the four of us to be on it. Uh, sure. I wanted this more to be a moment for other actors to get the spotlight while we sort of took on the privileges of, you know, releasing um, the episode. But I think it'd be beneficial for us to talk about how we came across the actors that we chose. Um, because I know for each of us, these people we assembled, we you know found great skill in, had personal experiences with. And so having an opportunity to assemble so many great voices to join this project was definitely a fun part for me. And I'm sure it was for all of us as well. Yeah. And I mean, I agree with you too. I, I know for the first part, when I pitched this idea, I didn't want to be on the, the thing anyway. I kind of mm -hmm. wanted 
to produce it slash direct it, whatever you want to call it. That's kind of the vibe I always wanted to do with it. Anyway, that's, I always enjoy doing that a little bit more than I do acting sometimes. And it's also, to be honest with you, I'm scared of poetry in some ways. I, you know, it's one of those things nervous. Like whenever I do something that's Shakespeare, I've only done Shakespeare maybe like three times in my life. And it terrifies me because, you know, you want to be able to get the rhythm down right. And poetry is sort of the same way. And so for me, I never want to be a part of it. Um, acting wise, I never want to be a part of that position of it. Um, but then I think, yeah, it just sort of came out of our conversation, which is great. Yeah. To find outside actors. This is my particular sickness, but listening to all these and there is a lot of great performances there um, has inspired me to want to do it. So I'm just going to cut my own anyway and yeah. use it for a demo reel just for fun because just because, and that's how I am, you know, <laughs> I can't wait to do it and try it for myself. So I think, I think the audience is going to have fun too, because I think everybody we picked was having similar fun with it, you know? And by the way, we, we picked some really experienced actors between all of us. And I, I don't know about y'all's, but my choice is all admitted that it was very challenging, very challenging yeah. uh, piece to do. So uh, I'm thinking, I said, well, that's, yeah. Great props to Vincent Price for nailing it, but also I think The Simpsons. <laughs> That's the other version I keep thinking of is The Simpsons version of it. Yeah, I was thinking the James Earl Jones and the Christopher Lee version. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Christopher yeah. Lee. Yeah. It has such a reputation. I mean, it's one, it's not only one of the great American writers, it's one of the great American poems to begin with. So it's like there's this yeah. huge legacy behind it. And to do it justice for anybody, I think, is intimidating. Um, oh, yeah, sure. But that's also the beauty of it is that you get – 15 people who give 15 different interpretations and then have them all come together for one thing. I think it really created its own unique interpretation of the poem, which I think is the really cool part about it. I was, I was just wondering if I could talk about, about my choices uh, really quick as people uh, just very briefly, if that's okay, if we can get to that. Um, but one thing I noticed today yeah. was um, I wanted, I want if I was, we were assigned four people, I wanted two men and two women right away. And I wanted people, who I knew could handle the material, who uh, hopefully this sounds silly audience members, but who might have the equipment anyway to properly record it at home because, um, you know, mm -hmm. you can't ask people to buy a microphone. Luckily, I think most of my friends probably have the capability. But also what I realized oddly for me was the two men I picked were two guys that were kind of my uh, acting heroes <laughs> when I was in college, actually. Bernard Addison, who is a professional stage and film actor out in Los Angeles and also a fantastic teacher of young students in the L.A. County school system, was a class ahead of me two classes ahead of me in school, undergraduate and graduate. And he was one of the people I looked up to when I first started acting. And then Paris Pete, who was in my graduate class of eight people. And uh, I can't speak for my other classmates, but I always thought he was far and above uh, the most talented among us, um, but also a prof uh, professional actor and uh, also a professor of theater at Shippensburg University. So those are two of my people uh, that I picked mentors or sort of heroes of mine. The women I picked were interesting. Uh, one was a friend of mine I've done lots of voiceover work with in Columbia, South Carolina, named Angel Tolentino. And I partly picked her um, because I love her voice. <laughs> she has to me a very buttery voice that I've always loved when I've worked with her and when I've heard her. She does lots of national work too, so she's a real pro. Uh, so I picked her and I thought she did great. And then another friend of mine, uh, Shanna Myrand, um, uh, with the stage name Elliot Chase, uh, who's one of the most intelligent people I know, aside from being a very good friend, also one of the most well-read people I know, huge fan of Edgar Allan Poe. Um, and she's worked a lot as well and is currently studying uh, classical acting at Lambda 
London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art in London this year. So uh, I knew she had a real affinity for the material too. So those are just my sort of parameters really quickly about my people. And I'm, I'm so happy again, if they're listening, I'm sure they'll listen, but I thank them all so much. Everybody who did this so much. And I'm just so happy that everybody contributed and I hope they had fun because I think Jason came up with a really, a really fine uh, version of it there at the end. Yeah, I agree The the way that it was, it, that Jason built the arc and the, the tension and the suspense of the entire piece, I thought was really, really effective for the piece in general. Um, and and I, Jason, didn't you have someone that created a score underneath it? That like that, that was original score, was it not? It is. Yeah. So, yeah. The, so the music, the undertone is the same guy who does our um, intros and outros, Cody Constantine. Um, Cody was part of a kind of a metal touring band um, that used to uh, do stuff called the empty. Um, I think they're sort of like all bands right now. They're just sort of sitting their stuff, sitting in a garage somewhere. Um, cause they were on national tour, uh, right before all this happened. And so he, um, he's really into like that kind of like post, um, what do you call it? Post metal, post, um, post, post hardcore post kind of sound. And so it's got this kind of Gothic sound anyway, that he's playing with it. He's messing around with a guitar and a bass and he's just doing all the music work with that. Um, and so it just had a really cool sound and he was listening to just, I think he was listening to the Ever James almost version the Christopher Lee version. He would just listen to other Raven versions and sort of like, cause he didn't have our cut originally. So he was creating a, a score off of those that kind of matched. And so I, um, yeah, yeah I think it works pretty good. Who, uh, who did the, the, I really liked the, uh, the, it almost sounded like drumming at first, but it was the sort of the knocking at the door as well. Did you do that or was that, did he do that? Or? That's all me. So if there's any Foley sound work in there, that's all Jason. So um, <laughs> there I, I is, couldn't tell if it was recorded you know, or not, you know, like if it was a. Yeah, no, no, it's, yeah, it was some like Foley work stuff. So there is, um, <laughs> there's some moaning in there. That's in there. There's, um, <laughs> there is a uh, heavy breathing um, there. Uh, I slide chairs at times. You'll hear a couple of sliding chair moments. Um I do. There is a drumming and tapping sound. So there's a tapping. Um, I did. Um, I used actually, Steve, I have a drumstick, so I would, uh, I would tap it on a table and I was recording it over. And then there is actually some like there's thumping. So there's a bunch of just sound effects I was playing with and they're sort of underlying at times and sort of building tension is sort of what it was doing. So yeah, I was creating a little Foley work <laughs> in there in the background. So I do that a lot though. If um, I do a little, little short film and like web series stuff. So I'm really into like the weird sound effects. And so I do that stuff myself. Sometimes I'll just record it on an iPhone. I'll go out. If I'm out driving around, I'll roll my window down. If I get some wind blowing and things like that. I'm sorry. I didn't yeah. mean to derail us. I'd love to hear about everybody else. No, you're good. Well, yeah. I, uh, I'd like to, cause, uh, yeah, I'm curious about everybody that y'all picked. Well, from my perspective, um, when it came to deciding who I could think about to do this and take her under this project, I wanted to have some tie to Atlantic stage in some capacity. That was the first choice. I was going to go around to the idea. If I couldn't come up with that, then I'll just branch out to everyone I know. But at first I was like, I want to try and find people who have done something with Atlantic stage in the past. And the first person who came to mind immediately was Stephen Craig, who all four of us know pretty well. I'm sure audience members who have seen Atlantic stage for the past couple of years know him well. He's been in many productions. Uh, he's done a lot of design work for Atlantic stage as well. Mm -hmm. um, he's currently up in Maryland now working with the Maryland ensemble there, uh, working as their set designer actually. So Steven was someone who I knew could probably handle the material very well. Um, he's very, he's a very energetic person. He could bring a lot to the material. So he was the initial first one that immediately came to mind. And from there, 
it was more of, okay, I want to shy away from company members. Um, want to shy away from people who like are well, well, well established in Atlantic stage. And so from there it was like, okay, who do I know who's done like piecemeal plays here and there? Uh, and the second one was Michael Torello, who um, young actor, um, he did Waiting for Godot. He was the boy in that show. But I mainly know his skills and his credibility from shows I've done with him at TOR, which include The Library, uh, was where he, him and I became really good friends, which also Jason directed. And in The Library, he was just phenomenal. He was incredible in that show. Yeah. And so I was trying to get him to come in on this, and this he accepted, so that was very nice of him. And then from there, it was two people who actually did a show, did a project together at Atlantic Stage called Grounded. Um, through a company known as Boots on the Ground. And that's Michaela Getz and J.P. McLaren, who was actress and director, respectfully, for that show. See Michaela a lot uh, coming up through Coastal. She was going through the undergrad at Coastal the same time I was, and just a phenomenal actress, a real powerhouse. Um, and I knew she could really dominate the material. And J.P. is one of the most intelligent theater people I've ever met. And for being as young as he is, it's kind of astounding how much theater knowledge he has, especially in terms of directing. And also has a really unique voice, I think, too. So it was those kind of caveats as well. And luckily, they were pretty quick to say, yeah, we'd love to do it, which there was times where I was thinking, oh, man, I really hope these people say yes, because if they don't, I don't I've got to go back to the drawing board. But luckily, all four of them jumped on. And so it was a real pleasure to have them there. And I think that they brought a lot to the piece as well. Yeah. And I think my my approach to to who I wanted to reach out to was a little different because I, I reached out to people. Well, OK, there was one person that I reached out to that had previous experience with Atlantic Stage, but and she was unfortunately unable to to get her recording to us because of technical difficulties. So that was an unfortunate circumstance. But of the three that responded back to me, two of them you we actually have in the, in the final cut and neither one of them have anything to do with Atlantic Stage and never have. My experience with them was when I was in school, I was uh, involved in some shows you know, with them and everything. And I, I'm familiar with their, their acting capabilities and I like their voices. So, um, I was happy to be able to work with them again and reconnect with them as well because I haven't talked to them in, you know, I think five years, four or five years. So it was, it was good to reconnect and I hope that they enjoy the final cut as well. Um, I mean, all you guys' choices were incredible. I mean, I, like I said, I've, I'm the one who's I'm listened to every single one of them like th thousands of times, maybe not that much, but I mean, a lot having to just listen to what they gave. And so my, um, my actors, I sort of approached it from, some were involved. We've had work with Atlantic stage. A lot of them were people that I were outside that I experienced with sort of like how Steve was like people that I knew from just working, um, outside. So the first two people that I, I contacted almost immediately, um, was, uh, Yosh and, uh, Mira Hayashi, um, uh, were two people that I worked with in Chicago and we were a member of a company together, um, theater mirror. And so the two of them now live in LA. They're both like DePaul graduate guys. Yosh and Yosh has done some television stuff and some film work and uh, Mira has done lots of theater work too as well. And she also does a lot of voice work. And so the two of them, I've always loved the way their voices sound. I love the way they have. And Yosh uh, particularly was high called because I know he's a huge horror nut. And so anything Gothic horror, anything horror based, this guy was going to be like, yeah, I'll do it no matter what. Let me just figure it out. Um, so the both of them were um, jumped on it almost immediately, which was awesome to get. Uh, and then I sort of branched out and it was sort of like, I did the thing where it's like, I found a bunch of people that I hopefully could find. Some of them couldn't do it. Someone never responded. And then some of them I thought I would never get. And then they did respond at the last minute. So I was, I sort of was like, yeah, I still got room for you. Um, so those being, um, David Russell, 
David Russell, whose uh, wife is Robin Russell. Uh, David is like the head of production at uh, CCU. He's done shows with us before. He was in PEMDAS um, at uh, Atlantic Stage. He's great great actor. Um, and I was really interested in what he brought. So he did a great cut for me. Um, Scott Maxwell, um, who's done a lot of like voice work and radio work and uh, has acted with us as well, been in shows with us. Um, so Scott has a great cut on there. And then Curtis Lambert, uh, brought on and Curtis and I have worked together more as director actor. Uh, but I've seen Curtis in several shows at TOR and Curtis has done a lot of work. And so I just love Curtis's voice. He has this sort of like classic, Southern gentleman voice. And so it was like, I really liked that sound and I wanted to hear it. Uh, so yeah, those were sort of the people that I went with and um, they all, luckily those are the ones that said yes for us. And, and it's like sort of what all you guys were saying, everybody that dropped a play, it was tough to listen and cut them up because there were some of them were just so phenomenal. You were just like, man, I, this one we could release. We could release this one. We could this one. I mean, it was just like this plethora of great, performances, which it made it so difficult to cut these things, man, you know, and, um, harkening back to like Steve, like Paris, when I heard, uh, Paris's cut like the first time he had such a unique take and it was like, man, I got to cut this thing up. It's going to be so heartbreaking, <laughs> you know? And then like, you know, you would hear versions. And the, and the other thing too, is like talking about all our people, Mike said this earlier, they all gave something different. It was like the interpretation because you basically tell an actor, say, you know, they ask you questions and they say, do you want kind of a weird accent? Do you want a vibe? Do you want speed? Do you want, it's like, no, it's your interpretation, whatever you want, hit me with it. And so when you get some of these things and some people are long and paced out and methodical, and then some people are like frantic and manic and rapid, and then other ones are more lighthearted. And it was just like, you'd listen to them go, man, that works. And then you listen to them and go, well, that one works too. It's like completely different styles and it's just incredible to, to hear what each person brought. Yeah. Really cool. going to say, it's funny you mentioned that about Paris because that's how he's been ever since grad school. You know, if we were all given the yeah. same assignment, Paris comes in with a, a clear and different perspective and follows, exactly. knows how to follow through. So anyway. Mm-hmm. No, I just realized I, I didn't mention the names of the actors that I chose. So oh, there you um, go. The, it was the Bryant Johnson. Um, and John Leggett. John Leggett is actually from Myrtle Beach. And DeBryant I met while at school over there, and I've worked with both of them. And they, they both have done a lot of theater. DeBryant has a great singing voice. And John has some, you know, he's, he's done a lot of Shakespeare and Greek plays. So they both have a really good uh, resume, and their voices, I thought, really brought to life the poem as well. So it was, it was a pleasure to work with them. Yeah. But I, that's something going back, call back to your point, Jason, the fact that, you know, it was, it was tough, you know, to, to cut up, to cut up each individual take. That is something that we do, did want to address and let make clear to the audience is that when, in this release, if you go to the Facebook event and everything, you'll, you'll be able to find a link to a Google folder that has the entire voice cast for this production. And in that folder, is a list of other folders that contain each actor's headshots, their uh, their bio, and their own full recorded version of the piece. So if you ever you know picked out a voice that you want to listen to, or just listen to all of them, they were fantastic. So you can listen to each individual have their full version of the of the Raven. It's the best two hours you'll ever have. Trust me, it is. Oh, yeah. It really is. Like I mean, it's it's really incredible. It's worth. It's amazing. Yeah. And nothing else. You can just space them out. Be like. Yep approaching Halloween season, you know, just say a day I'm going to listen to this person next day, that one, you know, they're all very different. They're all very unique. And I think that's the beauty of it all. So. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or run them on a loop Halloween night while you're giving out candy. <laughs> there Dude, you go. I mean, I was actually oh, thinking dear. about that. Yeah. Instead of you cool. got Mo- like, Monster Mash followed by the Raven. Monster <laughs> Mash. <laughs> followed, you know, it's like jump each one. Yeah. For the long Monday, this is our first sort of um, audio production. Uh, we certainly want to do more of these in the future. This is just the first one we've released. Um, so if you enjoy this, certainly let us know. Uh, we certainly enjoyed it. So we're definitely looking to do things like this in the future. Uh, so expect future content to be similar to this in some vein. Obviously, we'll keep up the podcast episodes and the things we've been doing so far. But we definitely want to explore more territory with audio production as we've done with The Raven here. And yeah, and... and um it's definitely something we're working on a future project. We definitely have a Christmas holiday show uh, in preparation for everybody. And then uh, we're already, I think we've been talking about something for January, February uh, yep. and then going forward. Yeah. Cause it's something we we're going to be doing more of more of these creative type projects sort of to give you guys like, you know, a theatrical audio theatrical season. Yeah. And, and if there are any ideas from you guys that you you want you would like us to see like if there are any live stream events that you guys would like us to do or specific content uh topics or you know mediums that you'd like us to explore please just you know send us a comment you know you can message us on facebook and things like that um and you can also find us on instagram at the atlantic stage post or the Atlantic stage page. So you can message us through Instagram as well. Yeah. And I was going to say also any comments about anything are hugely welcome. I know I'd love to see what people are thinking about mm-hmm. things we're putting out and so we can respond to it. I mean, isn't that the age we live in, right? Yep. Absolutely. It is. So short episode here, but that's what we were going for just to give you a little sampler of what, what went on behind the scenes with this podcast in this episode. So once again, if you enjoyed the episode, let us know. Um, we certainly had a great time putting it together and we look forward to doing more of it. So For all of us here at The Long Monday, thank you for listening to it and thank you for listening to this here. Um, Look for future content coming up and we'll see you on the next one.